From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, October 30th, 2018, and it's the spectacular edition of The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Uh, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. You made it through Space Camp. Uh, joining us from Nashville, Tennessee, <laughs> Tyler Huckabee. Sup, witches. And... J- <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> joining us from what looks like a broom closet, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. I'm sorry that I missed a show. I'm glad to be back. All is well in uh, our world Twitter again. had some conspiracy theories about your absence yeah. last week <laughs> that the show that you were last on, Jesse and you came to blows about your slice or right. lack thereof. It got heated. And Twitter selection. was picking sides. I mean, Twitter was ruthless. Against- and I yeah. feel like this. I didn't do like Sorry, a hard Jess. calculation, but I feel like the people spoke in Annie's favor for the most part. Um, you know, I, I feel like it was probably 75, 25. Do you think that's about right? Annie? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah but I they're just think- sympathetic toward me because I'm pretty. It's not necessarily <laughs> that I have the right news over you, buddy. Well, he- here's this. You had a lot of great tweets, but I, you know, we typically do this at the very end of the show. We got a big show, so oh, I'm going to no. do it right. I'm going to do it right up front today instead of the end, oh, which is we ask people what to be able to give us iTunes reviews. Oh, and, no. and, you know, I pick a Jesse, couple. I don't handle bad reviews well. And I, <laughs> and I say, you too could be like this person, maybe have your iTunes review read. So here's a five-star review that we got, Annie. Okay. Oh no, Cameron or Tyler, have y'all heard this already? No, <laughs> no idea. I, I can't wait. This is I an actual iTunes review. Please review us, and this may or may not be related. You may have won the Twitter battle, Annie, but oh, I do gosh, want Jessie. to read this. So, for people that don't know, I rejected one of Annie's slices that happened to be uh, about okay. the world's fattest the bear. Sciences, you rejected a hundred <laughs> of my slices, but okay. go ahead. Okay, this is a five-star <laughs> review from Steve. He's got a bunch of E's. Twelve thirty-two, and I did five stars. Five stars, and okay. here is the title of the review. <laughs> Great podcast, except for Fattest Pear Slice. Oh. <laughs> Here is the actual review. Here's oh the actual from God. Steve, 1232. Yeah, I'm not impressed with the amount of vowels he's got. In his I name. have Go listened to this podcast for about five years now. Always makes me chuckle, except for the time, An- except for the time Annie uh, brought the slice about the always existent. <laughs> fattest bear like i said my, my combating was like it's not news for these because always a fattest bear there's I always appro- a fattest bear and he, con- he he concludes by saying i approve of jesse rejecting any slice okay. well, five stars five stars five go stars. leave us a we'll review take it. i'll take a five star i'll take one for the tweets team. come and go tweets are disposable here today gone tomorrow that's that on, review that is will on live on page. forever Jesus. Yeah, Reviews, that's a, that's, that's right. a tattoo. I wonder <laughs> if maybe right. you're uh you're you're getting a little getting a little out of line well, as part of the reason that you were downgraded, because usually this is a this is visual, but usually when we see you, Annie, you're in this Chip and Joanna Gaines looking like we, situation. Yeah. She's got shiplap. She's got barnwood like, behind oh, yeah. you, and now it looks like you look like you're in like a preschool, like a yeah. preschool supply closet. Wow. Yeah, wow. like where they like where they keep all. That's hurtful. 
preschools are great. I literally Learning. switched sides to the other side of my desk because my friend Kate oh, that works with me is here at office today. So I'm <laughs> sitting on the one side where I normally sit on the other side. So that because at the start of the show, I used to sit on this side and y'all would always roast what you saw in the background, which is exactly no, what you're lovely. doing today. It's lovely. <laughs> so I switched to the other oh, side no, I feel bad. where you thought, can see the beautiful the pictures and the lamp. It's the literal same room. It's just the other side of the exact like same desk that I sit at every this, this week. Turning my world upside down. I've been in that I room. Know. And this still looks real to versus me. behind. And literally, this was your view when you were in the room, Huck. Yeah, this I is exactly know. what you saw the whole time. When you sat here and recorded my podcast, you were facing me just like this. And honestly, I was so in the zone that I don't remember a single thing about that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was on operating on pure instinct. Annie, I will say this too. Depending on what side of the fattest bear gate uh, you you came down on uh, as a listener, either you or I have a chance for redemption today because you texted me earlier (laughs) and I said, no, no, I said, this is my thing. I said, you have full reign today. Blow my mind. Blow our mind. I actually texted you three things in the last two days. You haven't responded at all. You ever thought I thought Jesse's and, and then I send you a slice as I do every week to get it approved. And you said, Best of luck, Downs. And you gave me no, no, I no want idea this. if anyone else is Annie. bringing the exact same slice, if this slice is entertaining to you, if it fits the WWJD that I'm trying to fit. Hey, listen, I am. This is this is me revo- removing the net under the yeah. tightrope. This is Nick Walinda. Yeah. This is Nick Walinda going basic cable where they don't care if he plunges into Niagara Falls. Like My favorite yeah. part was I said, you're never going to approve my slices ever again. You said, no, just this week. So I'm literally <laughs> on restriction. For no, one one restriction. One, I just want to see no, how freedom. it goes. You know, I want one, hey, one week without, I, the slice I found, without a regulator. Yeah. The slice one I found feels like it is very uh, sitting around a dinner table. Let's have a conversation about this very interesting piece of information. Very wow. worthy. So right. we'll hey, see. You, we'll you see. guys have done an amazing job building anticipation for slices. I just you know, <laughs> thank you. Uh, hey, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up after slices, Dr. Eric Mason joins us. He's author of Woke Church. Tyler uh, talked to him this week, and uh, that'll be coming up later. We also tell you about the brand new issue of Relevant, which is sitting in front of me. Some of the highlights and behind the scenes stories about the new issue that you guys will get to experience this week. And then um, at the end of the show, my favorite segment, Ask Jesse. You guys are sending in your life conundrums and uh, Jesse's going to answer them for you. There are so many of them too. Just so many. I read them on this morning on Twitter. I was like, my word, people need help. And, and I'll say this too. I, I Annie, this is the real reason that um, we're doing the oh new boy. issue preview later. And the real reason I didn't want you to bring the world's fattest bear slice last week. <laughs> I didn't want you to take the wind out of our, our, our sails or undercut us on the week that the magazine goes out right. because we put the world's fattest bear on the cover. We got it. Oh, I, I, heard, well, I heard the show from Friday that the world's <laughs> fattest bear was one of the options. It wouldn't fit in the vertical format. So we had to do a fold yeah. out. Oh gate my gosh. Cover. It was, <laughs> this is the most expensive issue we've ever printed. It's yeah. uh well, that <laughs> Just bear, that bear worked hard to be found as and voted as the world's fattest bear. It's, it's very marketable. What people, a conversation the, starter. What a people, conversation starter. People around the world are a buzz about this bear. And his <laughs> <laughs> Our Twitters are a little he, a buzz about that fat bear. That's for sure. And how much more he weighs than the world's second fattest bear who was just dethroned. I mean, it's 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 a whole thing. 
Jesse Jesse brought the idea to the editorial team, and we were all like, "We love it. Yeah. We love it. It's great. <laughs> we love it. We can't think of a better." Nothing says intersection of faith and culture relevant content than the world's fattest bear. <laughs> Definitely. It's on Here's the what's true: we haven't talked about another slice in the in my history of this show. Like we've talked about that words world's fattest bear. So success, true. Annie. Your intuition is probably. I way do off, than way off. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. We've been doing this a long, a long time, and you know our content reaches millions of people, and it still staggers me when I see our content in the real world. You know, yeah. did you see Annie? Um, I think it was after church yesterday on Sunday that uh, a a pastor, a young adults pastor, was like somebody shot a video of him in service, like bringing the world's fattest bear to like, he did it in the sermon, like and he put it up on the screen and then he like referenced what you said about it. Like, it's like terrifying. It's so crazy to me that like that became a thing. It entered yeah. the sanctuary. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, the Lord's going to ask me about that later. I have a real feeling that I'm going to be held accountable. And maybe for that he behavior. was preaching on, I've always been disturbed by the Bible's single bear story. Right. Where <laughs> Elijah is walking around and there's like a couple of kids and they're like, hey, Baldy. Like that's the extent of their insults. Okay. <laughs> they, they simply note that Elijah happens to be losing his hair. And this is how this is how serious Elijah takes hair jokes. I don't know this story, Jesse. This is in the Bible. Oh, this yeah. is in the Bible. So he's this is walking Jesse's along. favorite Bible. Jesse's covered this many times on this podcast. We do. We do a devotional. We do a devotional at the end of staff meeting every week. Every week, Jesse tries to tell the the Elisha Bear story. Okay, <laughs> here I, I'm going to read it from the Bible itself, so I don't butcher it for people. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Okay, so this is from Second Kings. Okay, as he was walking down the road, some boys came out of town and jeered at him, saying, Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. Okay? Again, you think you'd take that in stride, what a literally. story, yeah. Yeah, okay. Elijah turned around, looked at them, called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Two bears came out of the wood and mauled what? 42 of the boys. Whoa, two bears, two, two bears. Israeli We're bears mauled 42 boys? And the extent of their insults was baldy. You know? Oh and, my god! But it was a gang. I mean, there was more than 42 boys following Elisha, taunting That's him. That's a lot of people That's mocking what I'm you. Saying. That's not like two dudes leaving the Chick-fil-A. That is a lot of people mocking you. 42. Have you ever been mocked by like young teens? It gets you. Hurtful. There is nothing <laughs> in this world. It cuts deeper. <laughs> yeah. Like whenever I see them, I seize up and like I just, I mean, it's, it's like going to happen gonna Halloween. I'm going to be walking out around. I'm going to see a group of kids and they're not even going to say anything. They're just going to look at me and immediately I'm going to shrink. So you're Saying, you're saying I'm reading this all wrong. Like a disproportional response is not calling down 42 bears because they're ca calling down not two, 42 bears. Bears. Yeah. two bears. Yeah. So if it if it mauled 42 of the boys, I bet there was at least More. another 10 that got away. Oh, that yeah, is yeah. a lot of people mocking them. Because yeah. you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the guy next to you. That's yeah, right. Exactly. You've got to outrun the guy. Exactly. <laughs> You've got to outrun so, 42 of your friends. Yeah, and, and you know honestly, who feels the luckiest is that 43rd guy. The one yeah. who almost got eaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he he is That's faster. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, Pastor Jesse, what happens after that story? Where does that go? Is that it's, all we know? That's the entirety of the story. Then it just moves on to Elijah's next thing. What? Like he's like got showdowns with like the prophets of Baal. And he's got these, these, these kids, you know, you know, making fun of receding hairline. I, here's the thing. I understand. I can relate to, you know, what it feels oh like boy. to be mocked by a teenager because this week, Cameron and I were at space camp. <laughs> I was hoping hoping this was a lead into Space Camp. What a great Uh, sign. And at Space Camp, it is mandatory. It is mandatory to wear a blue flight suit. Um, for for the, for the whole day. Okay. Oh, I saw the pictures. Y'all look so spacey. Yeah. It's a space suit. It like head to toe. It's got flags all over and it has a giant goofy. Yeah. 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 Patches and stuff. And one of the patches is one with a very cartoony looking astronaut. It says space camp on it. Yeah. Like a a child's logo, essentially. I I got called out early on because I was the first one to take off the spacesuit. You know, wait, you got called out at space camp? Well, no, well no, they no, were like, no. "Oh, Jesse's too cool for the no, thing." So I didn't want to wear us, it on the ride home. No, they were dropping Jesse. us back off at the hotel. Their <laughs> van, they took us the in a van back to the hotel, <laughs> right? And it was a nice hotel with you know non space camp people in the lobby. Yeah. And we're all in our flight suits. So all we got to do is make it from the front door to the elevator. And then we're home free. Jesse yeah. couldn't handle the idea of walking in a group no. of blue flight suited adults through the lobby Too of the cool. hotel. So he took his off in the parking lot. They were wanting Jesse. to take a group picture. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesse had already disrobed. And they're like, oh. And then it made all of us feel nerdy. As you because, should. As you should have yeah. felt. Because here's the thing. At Space Was Camp. Was this on the first day? No. Second. Uh, yeah. End of the first day. Yeah. Yeah. End of the so first you'd day. Already made, you'd already been the flight instructor and made friends, Jesse. And you I was still already de- the commander derobed at that in the point. parking lot. So here's yeah. the thing. Like, but while you're walking around Space Camp, like, it, it, it's also like a, a, like kind of this hybrid children's museum thing where a lot of, of like classes are on field trips and some of them are like middle school early high school and oh, they're gosh. all hanging around i should be hanging with them okay i shouldn't be walking around in a goofy flight suit and i yeah. can feel i can feel their eyes making fun of me and yeah. one of them as we're walking by was like hey man you a real astronaut it took all of my courage not to call down two bears and, and maul that kid <laughs> or teach him a lesson. Why didn't you just say yes, Jesse? Was he asking in a mocking tone or oh, in like a teenage... Oh, it was mocking. It was oh. mocking. It he has... looked like a slacker. He didn't want to be there. Yeah, he, he didn't was there, be there on a field trip. It was mandatory. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh. We had we had a great time. It was, it was this weird thing where there was this hybrid thing be, be, uh, between like real NASA equipment and astronaut training stuff. I mean, like actual like this is the apparatus that they do astronaut training on and so you know we got to use that stuff and then and then other parts of the building were essentially a kid's science museum you know science center and stuff and like interactive exhibits and you know whatever look it's just it was this weird thing yeah we couldn't figure out like really what the mo was and then but it was in huntsville alabama where they built like all the rockets and stuff there's a huge nasa facility there and like there's you know, the Saturn V rocket that went to the moon was there, you know, and I mean, not the one that went to the moon, the testing one that they, that they never fired to the moon. But I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's bigger than a football field and stuff. I mean, so it's like this real NASA experience combined with kids field trips uh, yeah. <laughs> walking around. But 
Yeah, the first day, uh, we were there for two days. Jesse, um, we went, each day we had like different astronaut training things we got to experience. And then we had team missions each day. The first day was a shuttle mission. And the second day was a lunar mission. How and many people all together? Sorry, have you already said this? I need to get a better, 20, I need you to be a more theater of the minds for me. How many so, humans are there at Space Camp uh, with it was, you? It was a trip that the Nat Geo Channel took us on to, to it was a media trip. So yeah. they were promoting uh, season two of their new series, Mars. Uh, which is, if you saw season one, it's like this interesting hybrid. Um, uh, it's like a documentary combined with a dr- drama, like a dramatic show, like, and it goes back and forth between the two. Sounds so a it's bit like, like my life, bud. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, and <laughs> the first season was great. Um, and then so the new season is like, uh, the first season was the, you know, uh, what, 20 years from now, it was like humans going to Mars to set up a colony. And so is all the challenges of that. Season two is down the road. Like they've been there for 10 years at this point. And so now, you know, now it's more of like the ethics of like, is humanity going to repeat the mistakes that they made on earth, you know, good versus evil and consumption and all that kind of stuff. So it's just interesting. So we're there, you know, it's just a media trip. It's probably about 25 media. Okay. There I was about to say, that's from, a very long answer for you. Give me a number, Cameron. USA, USA of the Today, mind. Theater USA of the USA mind. Today, Mashable, um, you know, all uh, AV club, all, I mean, all the big outlets were there. That's so fun. And, okay. Yeah. 25 people, all media people. Yeah. All adults. But, so no but, but, pure space nerds except you, Cameron. I, 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 <laughs> I would say, say there was varying degrees of enthusiasm yeah. among yeah. our group. Like some of these yeah. people were pretty into it. I yeah. got told at one point, I got told at one point when we, after like we did like some trial runs for a mission, you know, cause you practice. Well, a mission. I said this, hold on, I set this up a little better. <laughs> okay. I know the moment you're going to say, so we had the morning on the mission. We, we were splitting into two teams. So we had like 11 on our, our crew. And you have people assigned to different roles. So you have mission control and you have the you know pilots and the flight commanders. You have people in the space station doing experiments. I mean, so everybody has a role and it's, you know, uh, so the Very morning nerdy. was a run through, was a run through. Uh, you have your script, the actions, you, whatever. And then in the afternoon was the real mission. And it's a, comp- it's a competition with the other team, you know, who can score the most points. During the thing, like... You know, there's a script of like, here's what we're going to do, take off. Here's what we're going to do in the air. Here's how we land. They'll throw anomalies into the mix. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, like a buzzer will be going off and you've got to like talk to mission control to get how do I t- you know, uh-huh. fix whatever's broken and all this stuff. Right. I mean, Jesse is yawning while you're telling the story. <laughs> no, no, no. He was there. <laughs> uh, no, I was there. Not only was I there, not only was I there, but I made the bold decision right out of the gate. Like, look, I'm here. I'm going to make the most of this. So I think it the, sounds so cool. I'm jealous. At, y'all didn't take all of us at the beginning. You had to like, they were like, they explained all these roles as Cameron is talking about. And they're like, someone needs to be, the flight commander and they're the boss on this mission. And I knew at that moment, like, look, if I'm here, I'm going all in. And I announced to these people that I will lead us. And there was, there was, <laughs> this is like, we haven't even met the people yet. Like literally Did you laugh, Cameron when he volunteered. Oh no, I'm like, I'm next to him. And I'm like, I'm like pointing. I'm like, do it, do it, do it, do it. And he goes, I will lead us. I mean, they just blurts it out. Like, I was egging him on. And, uh, <laughs> and then he did. So he's the flight commander. So in the morning, like, we're all on comms together and stuff, you know, and it's like, come on, we're just at adult space camp, you know, so we're yeah. just all like farting around. And so Jesse's being Jesse and he's on the comms and he's like, 
like and making jokes it real seriously. But you know, he's just being a Jesse. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, he's messing around and, you know, he's like making like space jokes and whatever. And <laughs> like, he's going off script <laughs> and, uh, and going off script and stuff. And, uh, like Wildly if you watch my Instagram script, story, yeah. like I, I, uh, you know, the actual people who work there, like in the, you know, walking us through it or whatever. And like, there's this lady who was really serious about it. And, uh, and there's like a buzzer going off and da, 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 and it's on my Instagram story. I got, I was filming this exact moment on the, uh, on the closed circuit television. And uh, this is like case in point. Jesse's like, da, da, da. he's pressing all the buttons to fix the buzzer. And then he goes, crisis is averted. And then Mr. Control immediately comes in and goes, it is not averted. Like, he didn't even do the thing. He didn't. Oh, the buds are still going off. And Jesse's just messing around. Well, anyway. so, so I'm like, I'm trying to just make this like boring mission practice as fun as it can be for everyone, even sure. though some people are getting frustrated. So later that day, we return to our space capsule and it's time for the actual mission that we've been rehearsing for that I was just joking around in the whole time. So we go up there and I'm the flight commander that hinges on, on my ability to perform this task. And so I go down and I I sit in the, in the command seat, the seat uh-huh. of the commander, uh-huh. and the guy next to me is like the co-pilot, and they're like, is "Okay, he cool? he's, he's cool, Danish. yeah, he's Danish." And, and, but but he looks over at me, and, and as we're about to start the mission, he goes, "Hey, I know this is going to be hard for you, but there's no joking around this time." And I was like, oh, okay. okay, so you guys are like into this. Like this is, this is for real this time. And what he didn't realize is saying He's that to you man. is literal fuel on the fire. No, right? he, uh, oh, Jesse, later we were talking about it. It's like, he really wanted to be the flight commander. And Jesse just blurted oh, out, Jesse. I will lead us before he got a chance to. <laughs> and so, you know, he was just seething oh, no. the entire time that like Jesse oh, wasn't taking no. this seriously. Jesse was driving a r- the real shuttle simulator. It was like the the training shuttle simulator from the space shuttle. And not only that, I l- safely landed us back wow. on the shores of Cape Canaveral, Florida. On the practice, on the, all the practice landings. In a way that he had, had to manually do it. He, <laughs> he ended up in the woods every time, right? In the woods? And during in practice, the woods. During practice, practice, I landed that bird in the woods every time. Like, Don't you, know, you have to land in the water? No, no, you land on a runway on this. The with, shuttle with the is shuttle. a runway situation. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Shuttle. So, shuttle, shuttle. so I, uh, so I go. So the real mission happens. I'm back in the space station. Again, so can we, you just put quotes around real because it's not. <laughs> so the afternoon session. Yeah. The real one. Got it. Yeah. Okay, the real okay. one. You know, I'm in the back. I hear, you know, I'm here. I'm in this. I'm in. I'm in the space station. So I'm not hearing. Like I can't see what Jesse sees or anything. So I go back, you know, we're done. Everything is over. And I go, I, I go into mission control and I'm like, Hey, like, did, we, did he land it this time? You know, cause Jesse hadn't come out of the, uh, uh, the simulator well, yet. real quick, because in practice, the first time I attempted a barrel roll upon reentry and did not work. <laughs> <Jesse. laughs> the subsequent times when you they're like, okay, dude, space, try yeah. to land this thing. Like it was deep in the woods, like not even close to because I got it. Because in practice, I was like, because everyone's like, dude, you landed in the woods every time. And I, I'm, I'm getting off the space shuttle and I'm like, yeah. And because they're like actually wanting me to be able to land it when, when the real mission comes around. I'm like, well, in fairness, it's like a super small runway. I'm like trying to defend myself from these people. And a guy yeah. who works there looks at me and announces to everyone because he hears me say that it's actually the largest runway ever built. And I'm like, shut up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm landing in a space shuttle. That just went around the moon. Okay, he give said, me a break. He said, 
He said it's three and a half miles long. And Jesse says to me, it's not the length, it's the width. It's too narrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you started caring. Be well, so point, they're turning on me. They're turning on the commander. <laughs> yeah, which I learned this week you don't handle well. Do not handle so, it well. So, turning so, on the commander. So I go down to Mission Control after the mission's over because I heard, I heard a, right? A, like, that's what I heard. And I go to Mission Control. I was like, did he land it? And they look, they point up at the screen. They're like, look, right in the middle of the Dead runway. center of the <gasps> runway. And, uh, and I was like, whoa. And they go, well, he hit like the nose, but it like bounced. And then, you know, he he got control and he landed People it. And I'm looking at yelled it. in my capsule because I was coming a little hot, but we bounced in. <laughs> they yelled like people thought they were. Cra- wow, this yeah. is a crew. No, listen. This so I look up at the people. screen and I'm looking at the shuttle <laughs> on the screen. And, you know, the, the entire back two thirds of the shuttle is the payload. Right. And the and the roof opens up, you know. And I'm looking sure. at it and it's laying, it's sitting there on the runway and the entire roof is open. The entire <laughs> payload is open. And I'm like, what? We landed it, but the, why is it open? And they go, we were yelling at him to shut the payload doors, but he never did. And he Let's landed see. a space shuttle with the payload doors open with the, with that's the impressive. roof, with no roof. It was that's really called, impressive. That's called a flex. Not only am I going to land <laughs> this thing dead center, I'm going to do it with the oh, payload man. doors wide open. <laughs> Like no one's ever done before. When yeah. I walked into that control room, when I deboarded, because I was the last one out of the shuttle, you know, yeah. and I walked into that control room, and all all twenty members of my team are in there. You should have heard the applplause, <laughs> and I don't think they were making fun Cameron, of them. Cameron, confirmed, denied. Cameron, am I Was lying? Am applause? I lying? Uh, well, they were okay. So when he uh, walked in, everybody kind of gave him a courtesy clap, you know, and then uh, oh, and then I pointed out in front of everybody. Clap. I pointed out to everybody, Jesse, look at the screen. The payload doors open. And then everybody starts busting up laughing. And then Jesse went into Jesse mode telling us sure. how it was just he wouldn't increase the level of difficulty because it wasn't hard <laughs> enough and all that stuff. So but. Jesse went to space camp and stand up comedy camp Pretty at the much. same time. Yeah. Oh. The, okay. Two other, two other short highlights. Uh, people have been asking, did Jesse do the scuba? Remember the yeah. scuba, the wait yes. list? Oh, thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So did the just- scuba thing was that night. Uh, Jesse and I both got in around midnight the night before we missed yeah. the evening debrief and apparently everybody who signed up for scuba had to bring all their swim gear to the thing that oh morning my. and we didn't know that and so neither of us had our stuff by the end of the day it was like from 7 to 10 or something at night we were just wiped and we both tapped out we both did not do the scuba yeah and it wasn't oh, for fear or anything like that it was just we were just tired and wanted to go to and dinner people so. who did scuba said it was kind of lame anyway so yeah that's true yeah uh th- and then the next day we did the lunar mission super brief um i got to do a spacewalk i got yeah. to do the waitlist thing uh, oh is full, it cool full, yeah full uh full spacesuit like heavy big boots the whole thing and then they they rigged me up to this thing that um is an apparatus that um had behind this wall it was like um i don't know like some sort of rig that was kind of suspended from the ceiling and on the other side of this big wall was like a water ballast or water tank that would fill up and and it put me at the moon gravity which is one sixth and so part of the lunar mission or whatever is i had to do you know i had to install a solar panel or something and and i had the how did it go I did it fine. And then, but well I had the whole weightlessness thing and it was crazy. And I was able to like fly around the room and like do all the stuff like you would on a moonwalk. It was, it was really insane. And it was really cool. I had a good I'd time. Like to note, I'd like to note that during the lunar mission, which is the cool one, 
I was demoted to the least important position there. Well, what did you do? Cameron wasn't allowed in, in the shuttle suit, and yeah. installing a solar panel and like <laughs> anti gravity simulation. Yeah. People are on the moon. Every one of my teams on the moon doing experiments. Some people are landing the lunar module, you know, on the moon. I am in a room back in Houston, sitting <laughs> at a computer that doesn't even have a keyboard. They didn't even give me a keyboard. They said you all you can do is talk. All, Jesse, all I can do is talk. They have to do that because there have got to be people who show up who do what you did about wanting to lead but they mean it so they've we, got we to started, people so so as an act of rebellion we started blasting music over the comms they were playing yeah. like, <laughs> DJ. they were like fly me to the moon and then they were doing uh, dark ground control and like the woman who worked in the houston like area with me which is this is the houston like they have a, a simulation of the moon you know two yeah. doors over and back yeah. in houston it's just like you're sitting in front of a computer monitor without a keyboard with a logo staring at a logo so it's like look we're blasting tunes and i'm going to tell some jokes if if you're just going to make me sit here which i did the lunar camp (laughs) the lunar camp thing that they built inside is huge and it's essentially a an exact to scale replica of what a lunar base would be i mean like the two, like uh, the International Space Station thing that I was in on the first day, was the actual like there was like all these like um, kind of explosion marks and stuff in it. And I was asking him like, what happens during space camp that makes that happen on the wall? And he's like, no, this is the actual like space station training um, thing that that the astronauts used. And so like those were actual you know marks from you know NASA stuff, and we can't wipe it off like legally, like it's a you know. Um, historic landmark sort of thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the, yeah. And the lunar and the lunar base thing is built to scale. Like every, so you really do get the sense of like, this is what living on the moon would be, you know, which is really cool. And right. then Jesse's just in a room with a row of computers uh, simulating Houston. So yeah, yeah, really I would have loved to see all that cool moon stuff, but I was in a room that is supposed to simulate a room. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, this is what an actual room with a computer looks like. And it's like, oh, where? Like, no, literally just sit there and don't touch anything this time. And while everyone else is simulating the moon. He had no ability to mess this mission up. And there, so I didn't right. even have buttons. They, like there was no keyboard. Like I said, there wasn't even a keyboard. Like all I had was a headset where I could talk to people. That was all that I I could do and I, and then I was like well at least when something goes wrong because when I ask him because I'm like how about this because I, I announced as soon as I got there that I was very displeased and that I was humiliated by as soon you as know, you got to the, to the to Houston to Houston I announced yeah. to everyone that you know this is this is an insult to the commander and you know, how disrespected <laughs> I felt. And then, <laughs> then, I'm, then I tell the, the, the real employees working in Houston with me, like I said, which is a room with a computer. And I said, well, how about this? When they call back to Houston and they're like, Hey, something's gone wrong, Houston. You need to talk us through how to, how to, how to fix it. I'm like, at least I'll be ready for that. You know? Yeah. And she goes, well, actually this lunar simulation is really new and we don't have any anomalies to programmed in yet. So nothing's going to go wrong. It's all going to oh, go perfectly. No. I'm so like, the whole so literally point, I just sit here. Yeah. Did you so the never point ever of Houston, get to say Houston, we have a problem? Oh no, I guess that would be you, Cameron, saying it well, back we, to Jesse. We did that day one, you know, because so. there was a ton of problems that would happen. But day two, Jesse was Houston. He's finally the problem solver, and they hadn't programmed any problems yet. No. Yeah, so, so literally, so literally, my job at Space Camp, like I said, was to just sit there and quietly. It was you know? literally the <laughs> ultimate demotion. He, 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 oh, it was gosh. from top to last. 
it was yeah. funny. That's yeah. good. And so you really loved it. What, give it a, give it a score, one to ten, both of you. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Well, I have a I have a permanent Halloween costume. You know, like I have space a, force. Is that, Cameron, a, no, but for real, in your real heart of hearts, no one will mock your answer. Was that like a ten out of ten experience, like a life dream come true, or not quite, or? I would say going with Jesse made it absolutely everything I hoped it'd be. If Aww. I had gone by myself, I would have been very self-conscious that this is lame. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, okay. like why am I but here? But going with this? a friend made it yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was amazing. It was Jesse, awesome. what's your score? I'll say day one when... Uh, listen, listen. You had two different space camps. I, I was kind of the hot shot that cut corners at the NASA brass. You know, I was uncomfortable with. Yeah. Did, I get the, did I land that? Did I land that thing? You know, did I do it by my own ways? Did I play by my own rules? Sure. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. And everyone on my team 10. probably would agree. Um, day two, when they took the most talented pilot they've ever seen, who... <laughs> By not taking one practice landing seriously, was able to land it with the payload doors open perfectly while, while keeping morale. What I like dead. to say is through the roof when they shove him off in, uh, you know, in, in a room in Houston. That's a negative 10. That's a negative yeah. 10. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And, and you get to keep the spacesuit. Yeah, 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 we did. That's and, pretty cool. That's a good you're right. That's a good Halloween costume. Well, Jesse, you could dress all your kids up as planets. No, here's we're, <laughs> I, Jesse and I are going to do the same thing. There's this all the patches are real, like NASA patches, mission yeah. patches, all this stuff, American flag, whatever. And uh, and, and it's, a, it's the it's actual like, like this the is the, the flight suit that that the astronauts wear and, and NASA. And um, but then they put a big old space camp patch on the chest, right? Jesse and I are both for Halloween costumes going to just take a piece of white tape and just cover up the word camp and write force. Yeah. And we're going to both carry (laughs) like Nerf guns and we're going to be space force. I will say this. The other big insight is everyone there hates space force. (laughs) Like it's a very (laughs) anti-space force place. All the NASA (gasps) people are the, 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 we talked to like, dig into that, like conspiracy theory feels. Well, I want to know, because I was thinking about this over the weekend, what's the effective, what's the proposed difference between what the Space Force would allegedly do and what NASA is already doing? Let's consult the thoughtful uh, analysis and plans that the president has uh, left us. Oh, wait, this is a tweet says Space Force. No, listen, so all the the missile defense stuff and monitoring and surveillance, all that stuff, 32,000 people in the Air Force are committed to space stuff. So, I mean, that's already happening. NASA is space exploration and, you know, whatever. So that's already happening. There's no clearly defined void that this would fill unless we're violating treaties that came in the 80s. Remember Reagan's Star Wars thing? Yeah. Well, after the dismantling of the USSR and all that, there was like an international treaty that was signed that space would never be militarized. Like it would like no guns will be shot in space. Like this is like off limits for everybody and every country signed on to this. So the Space Force, if it's defense and militarization, this is what the NASA people were telling us, would violate an international treaty that like has kind of knit the global community together. So they that don't know what the point like is. President Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he violate a treaty? No. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, two things. They said they said they started Space Game in 1981 there in Huntsville and they said 880,000 people have done it. That's a ton. That's a lot. Oh and my god! They had pictures on the wall, and they told stories about ten alumni who became astronauts 
like 10 actual people who did, did space camp. First they were like, they, they went to kids space camp or yeah, grown-up yeah. space no, camp? No, as kids, as kids. Yeah. And then yeah, they certainly. ended up becoming... I would say 10 out of 88,000 isn't like a great return, but I admire... <laughs> it makes me real, I'm really impressed by those 10. Like, but like hypothetically, of, you could say the, the like Little League Baseball probably has a similar ratio. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. a better ratio. Yeah. <laughs> but there may be, but there may be a smaller amount. There's certainly a smaller amount of astronauts, and there are professional baseball players. Yeah, right. So ten out of maybe thirty astronauts or fifty astronauts—that's pretty impressive. Hey, uh, all right. Well, there's your space camp update. Normally, we go right into slices, but this has been this has been a, a segment unto its own. So let's take a quick break and come back. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, slices. Listening to the 1975. The song is "It's Not Living If It's Not With You." Capital Y. I think it's about Jesus. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard "Okay, Will" with "Emotional." All right, it's time for slices. A very highly anticipated slices segment, maybe the most anticipated in the history of the Roman Podcast. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, um, you know, I know that like the commander of the most exciting space flight the world's ever seen. Yeah. Candy talk <laughs> has been shoved away not to be revisited. The candy talk segment yeah. of this podcast where we, we sit down and we talk candy. I have good news. I'm bringing candy talk back for yeah. one day, one day only. <laughs> oh, because we, we are, this is the Halloween episode. This is the Halloween episode. Spooktacular. Isn't that what you call it? Yeah. Yeah. The, the spooktacular, um, the Holy ghost wiener roast spooktacular, <laughs> autumnal, Festival. This is the, this is the, <laughs> the, the relevant podcast harvest party edition. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. This, uh, you know, listen. We're just a little secular. So it we doesn't involve candy and dressing up and costumes and things. Sure. Is it Halloween? No, we're not the devil. So, um, <laughs> sorry, witchcraft, not infiltrating this pod. Um, <laughs> this is a harvest festival. Nice, spectacular nice try, only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice try, Satan. I'm not opening the door. <laughs> Just like I'm not opening the door to trick or treaters. Giving you a foothold <laughs> yeah. by inviting you to talk about Halloween, yeah. Satan. You the will OG get the same today, Satan. Is the you, will get, you will get the same cold rejection that that kid in the Paw Patrol costume did when he knocked on my door and asked for candy. <laughs> <laughs> Satan. Coincidentally, that's what I call the kid, Satan. Oh gosh! Uh, this is a podcast. This is a slice about candy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the, you know. There are some really strong feelings about one particular candy that is primarily available this time of year. Um, you know, there's, a, you know, when, when, when kids go trick or treating, there's, there's always like a good variety. Like I, I, on the hierarchy, I feel like Snickers are probably number one, followed maybe by like Skittles. Are we, Whoa. I feel like we're probably no. on the same page about that. I'm with you on 0%. Snickers. You lost me, you lost, you lost me a little bit on Skittles. Wait, why aren't you talking about Reese's? Butterfingers. I'm, I'm that, that's me, Annie. M and M's. I think Snickers and Reese's are kind of neck and neck. But but Skittles you agree? Are the reje- Skittles are. I'm disappointed. Okay. No I, way. I think Skittles are good. Wow. 
What if they're yeah, like where, fancy? Where are you what? on the trick or treat hierarchy? Like, if Cohen brings his bag home and you want to snag three pieces, what are the three pieces you're grabbing? You're getting, you're doing the Snickers. You're doing a, a Butterfinger. And yeah. uh, Starburst. Nah, you're not doing a Reese's. Yeah, I would. I would do. A Reese's I, would, I would do some Reese's. I would do some Reese's yeah. pieces. You know. Okay, Tyler. Uh, Snickers for sure. Yeah. Reese's for sure. And uh, pieces are full size. Then then feel, then Skittles just feels kind of weird. I do like Skittles, but then you're like, I don't need I don't need the fruit blast after okay. my chocolate. Skittles is like a, I feel like a dark movie. Three Musketeers. Every time oh, every time I bite into one of those, I'm like always no, no, fascinated no, by the that. inside of you know that. What? You know what? Is that? I need to take mine back. My favorite is Mr. Goodbar. Yeah, I like mm. those for sure. Yeah. Oh. What? Just the yeah. like do you mean the little squ- I mean, the little rectangle choose- ones? Yeah, yeah. It's like one. it's basically a Hershey's bar with peanuts in it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's, I love it. Pretty delightful. Surprisingly boring. So so oh, wow. they're the the one candy that <laughs> none of boring. us mentioned. That none of us mentioned. Yeah. Was candy corn. Yeah. Um, candy corn has, has fallen out of favor uh, uh, in much of the country. But uh, this year, the site CandyStore.com, they've looked at uh, candies that are bought disproportionately more than other candies during the Halloween time in every state in the country. And surprisingly, candy corn still holds the number one spot in several U.S. states. Hold on. I'm saying mm. this oh, is not... I don't think candy corn is a trick-or-treater candy. I think it's a bowl in the house during the yeah, Halloween Yeah, it's a harvest time. season yeah. candy. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's a... You're walking by the coffee table, you grab a little handful, and you keep yeah, going. Yeah, he's makes, right. Makes me sick thinking so about you, it. You, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Chandler. <laughs> Make, no one wants that in their house. Like, when you think about it, it's not even a cool decoration. It looks that. disgusting. Yeah. Do y'all know it, if you set them in a circle, that's why they're called candy corns, because they look like an ear of corn? Do you know this? Make a little, yeah, yeah. a little like corn. Look like corn yeah. kernels. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, y'all. Like three years ahead of me, I just learned what? this. <laughs> Which the, the thing, the thing is, like, no one wants a candy vegetable, particularly a, a vegetable <laughs> so that no one really likes. Like corn's okay. Like, like if it, That's like so no one, no one at a restaurant's like, hey, what do you want the side? Oh, do you, can I get a side of corn? Like they would just look at you like, uh, I mean, no. Like no one eats, no one eats corn. What are you talking other about? Than, I agree with that. What are you talking about? I the only, the only great thing Captain about corn. Chili's agrees with you. That should tell you I, everything. I went to Chili's the other night and I and I traded the side of corn for something else. Thank oh. you. I Thank you. Point for, I the know. only cool thing about there's only one good thing about corn, and that's those little utensils that look like half corns that have two spikes on the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, jam yeah, into the corn. That's yeah. the only cool thing about eating corn right. is you no. get to use a utensil that and looks like corn with true. spikes on it. Popcorn is a beloved American yeah. snack. Everybody loves popcorn. Man, and I love when it's you can really clean off the whole ear of corn and eat it like a typewriter, like in the yeah. commercials. I mean, but in the cartoons. Can, oh. That's awesome. But do they still make those? But a side note, do they still make those little corny, spiky things for yeah, the side for of the sure. corn? I feel like I haven't Bath seen one in years. I haven't seen them in years. It feels like a very dated thing, but I don't know how else, Christmas, what else Jesse. would you use to eat your, your fingers. Your corn. No, no, no. You, you need those, Do you not have the spiky things in your fancy new house? You don't have spiky things for your corn? No, of course not. I feel okay, like when you serve your guests like, corn on the cob, what are they going to do, Cameron? Well, first Eat of all, with their I haven't fingers, had like any guests No, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, if we grow out... behavior, we won't put up with it in that fancy new house. Okay, here, here, here's what I've... I, there was something like about... There was a whole generation of Americans, and this is grandparents' age, that when they purchased a home, the first... They, they purchased three things because <laughs> right, they were in go. every grandparent's oh, home. Wait. Three things. One, one of those three things is a... Uh, uh, 
is the corn holders, right? Sure. right. Every grandparent's sure. house had the corn holders. Yes. Right. Every grandparent's house had a cushioned toilet seat that, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was very on the fence. Like, you know, I don't know when those went out of vogue, but it wasn't, it couldn't have been soon enough. I mean, it's not a great, it's the more you think about the concept of a cushioned yeah, toilet seat, the more disturbing it is. Yeah. Okay. But every yeah. grandparent's house had one bathroom at least with a cushioned toilet seat. Usually the guest bath, the, the half bath with the fancy soaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With decorative soaps. Yeah, yeah. A lot of decorative. The third is like one of those tins of butter cookies that now hold, you know, various things from the house. Loose change, you know, a button sewing kit. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. The tin. Yeah. Wires. Yeah. yeah. Wires. That every grandparent's house. That's just aside. But those just shortbread aside. cookies that were originally in them are dope. Those are oh, so yeah. good. Super, good. super good. Okay. Uh, that's an aside. Um, all right. <laughs> Who wants to guess? All right, I want to hear guesses of what states still buy gross candy corn. In enough in enough quantities to dwarf all the other. D- candy, I'm going right? I'm going Iowa, Nebraska. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. One of those Both of those are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go I'm, I'm going to go uh, South Carolina. Ooh, South Carolina. I'm sorry. South Carolina, that's a good state. They got Skittles as their number 1. I mean, oh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Shocker, California, California is Skittles Just, country. What Skittles, Skittles, Skittles country? Ohio. Too. Wow. Ohio, no Ohio. Wow, this is gonna be a long time for Florida. Okay, are you gonna go? Okay. Are you gonna go? Florida? Oh, yeah. oh, did you say Four. Iowa? I did. Yeah, you are right. They beat oh. out. It narrowly beat out M and M's, though. I do love those little bags of M and M's. Those fun size. Those are. Yeah, those exactly. are perfect. Eleven M and M's is exactly as many as I want. I mean. I'm thinking that it's all those corn corn states in the Midwest, he Nebraska, said no, Iowa, Kansas, the Dakotas, yeah, yeah. the flatlands of Colorado, where it's Illinois, just like we got to support feels like our I bet people. They have a lot of candy corns in Illinois. Okay, here here it is. It's Iowa, Michigan, nope, Idaho, Nevada, Alabama. 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 You wouldn't think Dark so. Dark horse. No. Yeah. No, I'm I, I thinking will. Alabama is for sure Milky Way. I don't know. I'm surprised. That would have been my first go-to for Alabama. Tennessee has a pretty bad one, too. Oh, boy. Tennessee roll pops. Oh, uh, gosh. Yeah, I'm ashamed of us. Not a good look. It's not a, it's a Tennessee Tyler, roll pop. It's speaking of grandparents' house. We're changing it this year. Not, I mean, it's not. I'm, I'm not contributing to any of this. I buy Reese. The one I buy the most is Reese's. For sure. Samesies, samesies. The Reese's cups or Reese's pieces? You know, I'm kind yes. of into they got they got a new one now where they put little Reese's minis into the Reese's cup. Don't so you I get know like it. double? It's pretty good. It's yeah. really good. It's ruined. So, it. it's, it's so Jesse, question: Are they talking packages or are they talking items? Because you're talking like the Tootsie Roll pops. It, you're going to get this like this is measured in poundage. Poundage is, okay. is the is the unit here. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh! Makes, in pounds. That, that makes yeah. sense with your original theory that you're talking about the bowl of candy corn that's out at grandma's yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. out at the church potluck. You're like people are just bulk. digging in by I the I mean, handful. here at the you're church where I have my size. office, there is yeah. a full bowl of candy corns and candy pumpkins. Which let's go there for a minute because candy pumpkins are so much better than candy corns. They are. I don't know why they're f- 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 similar in flavor. It's the exact same reason. flavor. In different forms. Something about the care. form makes them better. I don't better. care. Something about the shape. It's well, better. Well, because it does both in the name of Jesus. I, do I you? think that, yeah, that, that being in a church, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. I can't. I expected a, something, some weird. As a friend and a Christian, I, I can't get behind this. <laughs> Florida, Florida came <laughs> through yeah. with like a, a solid, solid choice, the Snickers. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. 
Uh, Virginia, I'm kind of proud of this. Two hot tamales ranked oh, in number yeah. one. A few hundred thousand oh, yeah. really? pounds of hot tamales. Man, provide. that and y'all's <laughs> Mountain Dews. I bet you are keeping the country <laughs> that, that makes together. Sense. <laughs> mm, mm. So, yeah, that does feel on, on brand, doesn't it? Wait, what's Georgia? That's where I'm from. Georgia is... Hang on. Uh, hey, how about yeah, that Georgia-Florida game, by the way? Cameron okay, Strang. this is a, Georgia, Annie, I don't know about this. This is the top three. Number one, Jolly yeah, Ranchers. Number yeah. two, Swedish Fish. Yeah, oh, come no. on, Georgia. I see you. Number three, three Hershey's, Hershey's Kisses. Oh, that's I, bizarre. I don't, I don't feel great about any We're of those. We're a strange people group, but I like us. It's I fine. feel very poorly about every one of those. <laughs> yes, you know? In a normal, out, out in God's oh, country, out in God's country, none of those rank. Those no. are all. Those are all unranked. Swedish fish. Who even gives those on? How do you give those single? You just throw a fish at a person. How do you give those? It's at probably a bull situation. As in well. Georgia, in Georgia, they just have raw bags. They just have leaf bags full of un, unwrapped candy. You just reach your hand in there. And <laughs> <laughs> you just, just stick, stick your, your paw in there and pull out a pound yeah. of Swedish fish. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all Swedish fish. Come on. <laughs> all right. Um, what do you have, Annie? Oh. Well, listen, we speaking of, sp- listen, don't, don't, can't wait don't to hear this. <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> the promise is you have to play along if you like it. You can't, okay. okay. You can't Bur- sandbag it. I'm not, I'm not. I'll be, this is, I'm going to pl- play honestly. Okay. Okay. So, spectacular. Burger King has released Stop. a new. Get out. <laughs> Get out of here. No. No. I don't believe it. You are dressing like a monster for today. Um, so here's the real slice. Burger King has a new Halloween nightmare burger. Let me tell you what it is. It is okay. a green bun, a bun that they have dyed really green, a quarter pound beef patty. A fried chick f- chicken filet on top of that, melted American cheese, bacon and onion and mayonnaise on a green bun, right? And it's called a nightmare hamburger. And they actually tested and they had a hundred people eat it. And of those over a 10 night study and you guys, their nightmares actually increased 3.5 times <laughs> from eating that hamburger. That can't be real, right? I would be curious to know if that would happen just with Burger King in general. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you know what it says, Tyler? Do they have a control group? We just ate the normal? I, I don't know. Uh, it says that it is the combo. What caused the nightmares is the combo of protein and cheeses that are particularly used. I was like, that could be any burger. That's not just the green bun. Yeah, I was going to so say is that, that. Is that like why people say they get nightmares after eating pizza late at night? Right. Yeah. right. Protein and cheeses. A, like yeah. we have sausage pizza or something. I don't. I don't ever have nightmares. I don't have dreams. I mean, I know everybody supposedly does. I just don't remember them. Oh, I have them all the time, and they are weird, Uh, especially (laughs) when I eat burgers. Jesse, do you have nightmares? Because you also have migraines. I wonder if are those tied? You think? Could be. Could be. I mean, I'll I'll say this: burgers from Burger King. There's a lot going on between these ears that I'm sure science would love to dig into, but uh, (laughs) off limits. Off limits. Running hot up there. You know, who knows what's going on? Jesse and I travel together a lot and share rooms usually, and uh, I can confirm the night terrors. Yeah. Um, It's usually usually a couple times uninterrupted of just waking up with a blood curdling. Wait, Cameron, are you joking? 
Yeah, I was just. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh, does he like scream? (laughs) Yeah, anyone, anyone who I'm in a house with, I tell them at any point in the night, you may hear me scream, and I just need you to ignore it, and it'll eventually stop. Is there? I'm going to be screaming. Come help me! Come help me! Come help me! But if you come, I might, I might accidentally murder you in my sleep. Just leave me alone. It's it's a very strange condition. (laughs) Oh, by the way, whatever you do, do not feed me Burger King. <laughs> Your lives will be in danger. Uh, can you imagine getting signing up gremlin. to do that ten night study? I mean, ten nights in a row, you have to eat the Green Nightmare Burger and then register your nightmares. Yeah, I saw a, I saw a documentary about this. It's called Super Size Me, where you have to eat. Yeah. <laughs> right? Crazy. That's crazy. When I was when I was volu- I was volunteering at a church, and uh, uh, me and a, a couple friends and one guy we did not know all stayed in the same room at this church. And uh, we were we've been told that this guy had some night terrors. So just be careful about that. Oh, uh, night one, but three total of three nights. Wait, night can one. Can you explain to me why you were volunteering at a church and you had to sleep I, there? It's, it's like a, whole a mission long, trip. It's a whole long story. Sure, okay, mission right. trip. Oh, um, oh gosh, I bet but, that's a great uh, story. Uh, middle of the night, kid. None of us know this kid. Middle of the night, wakes us all up screaming sherman sherman no sherman no civil war night terror civil war wow sherman's march through atlanta that's that's it next morning next morning he's kind of an odd kid i don't want to embarrass the guy i was like hey do you know anybody named sherman sherman and i didn't want to get into i don't i didn't want to get into it i didn't want to embarrass him he doesn't know anybody didn't want to say like well you were screaming his name last night that that's not that feels very personal yeah (laughs) in the next two nights the exact same thing he screamed sherman in the middle of the night claiming i don't know claiming he didn't know who this sherman person was that's my only experience with night terrors is somebody else's like the, the, fourth heart. Day, the fourth day he goes you know what come to mention it it does ring a bell you know what Sherman's the name of that guy I murdered in my sleep that one I think that was I think that was Sherman gave me that burger alright what do you have Tyler well, I, I should preface this by saying that uh, that Jesse hit me up today and he, and he was like, hey, do you have a slice yet and I was like oh, I haven't picked one out yet and he was like here just take this one <gasps> so this is an assigned this is like Jesse's slice, actually, that he is that he has gifted to me. So you're saying this, you're hedging your bets, like in case this is a if dud. you guys don't like this. <laughs> I got Tyler, you're making me very nervous about the delivery. You're, is, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cast up. Although I did read this earlier today, and it, it caught me by surprise because I, I saw this report going around, and this is it's just not what I would have expected, Jesse. I guess I guess it, it's just very counterintuitive to what I would have thought. Yeah. So. Um, Wow. It turns out that uh, today marks what is the, it's the 50th anniversary of the Motion Picture Association of America, uh, which is the organization that is in charge of giving ratings to movies. They see the movie right. and they pick the, the G, PG, or R. 1984, they added PG-13 to the, to the list. Well, I was oh, really? very surprised by, yeah. which I did not see coming at all, is that in the past 50 years, there's been there's been 29,790 movies graded by the MPAA since its founding 50 years ago. Of those, the surprisingly big majority, 17,200, the surprisingly big majority that's more than have been rated R. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. I Our thought for takes, sure you were going to say PG. I would have guessed PG or PG-13 for sure because that's where the money, you can, the entire yeah. world can come see these movies. If you have an R-rated yeah. movie, you're cutting off 
like I mean I I I know people go see I know teenagers go see R-rated movies, but theoretically you're cutting off like a huge part of the movie going public. Yeah. Right. That's really surprising. Uh, again, like I felt like it would be reverse order yeah, in popularity. Because here's it you know? works out uh, the next biggest one is uh, is PG is next with only 5000 then it's PG-13, just a little bit less, uh, 4,900. And G is actually the lowest, which would... Really? Which you think, like, again, just thinking about it theoretically, you would think that G would have the biggest market. The whole family goes to see the G and PG movies together. The other thing, too, is not only is R, there are more R-rated movies than anything, there's more than double R- yeah. the R-rated movies yeah. in the other categories. You know, more than every other movie combined, they're rated and R. And that's from the beginning, right? Because oh, I wow. feel like the ratings have gotten, have changed as I've grown up. And I think so. It says this has been consistent across all the years. Right. This has been, it, it's been, so there hasn't been like a huge surge yeah. in R-rated movies in the 80s or anything like that. But it's it's been like this very consistently. That's, I, I was just very... I, I'm not sure why. I mean, I'm sure I know that like this isn't me bashing on R-rated movies. I know that there's like some movies that the R rating serves them well because they can deal with content. You can't really deal. You can't make Shawshank Redemption a kids movie. I understand that. Yeah. Right, right, right. But I am surprised that they that it's 17,000, that it's over 50 percent. Yeah. And this isn't me trying to sound like, you know, holier than now. But I honestly can't remember the last R-rated movie I saw in the theater. Like I was trying to think oh, like, yeah, that's kind of true. You know, like yeah. I don't know the last one I've purchased a ticket for. Was Dunkirk rated R? Probably. I think movie. it was 13. Yeah, I oh. think that was 13. I know, but didn't you watch that on a plane, Jesse? Oh no, that was you, Cameron. You got to watch the whole series of World War II films. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. do y'all have a, I, I, I think it's it, the problem with watching R rated movies in the theater is that you just can't be sure what, the, if you don't do any research, you can't be sure what the R is about. Yeah. Right. They usually so, give you a little that those little teasers, and it's usually very vague. It's yeah. like adult content. It's like, well, that that doesn't help <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, adult situations. Adult situations in an R-rated movie, you don't say. There are yeah. situations. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Have you guys ever been carded for going into a movie? Like, have they ever asked to see? No, I have never. Have you even when I was like sneaking, I feel like because movies, all movie theater employees are like. 15 you know so even yeah. when i was like 16 and buying a ticket to an r-rated movie they did not care like literally they just let you in you know i've never i've never seen anyone get carded in the movies before you know is it illegal is it illegal to sell an r-rated ticket to you know what i mean yeah. or is it just like oh you shouldn't yeah. do that you know? i think so no yeah. i think it's i think you shouldn't i think pg-13 is the shouldn't like oh well, you shouldn't take an 11 year old in but we're not gonna yeah. you're, you're not gonna go to jail for it yeah but i think there's an actual something on the books about being under 17 and going into an R-rated movie. And like NC-17, does that even go into a theater? No, you can. If you're with a parent or guardian, you can see oh. anything. Uh, really? Except NC-17, you can't. But um, you just can't buy a ticket. You have to be with a parent or guardian. So they can, parenting most, I mean, honestly, most people who are in like... <laughs> you're right. The, the, the people who work in movie theaters, they do not... You could murder somebody in front of them and they wouldn't care. It, it just seems like they are just there to <laughs> just buy don't spoke, their Just time. don't make a big... Just don't make a big cheese mess over at the nacho stand. Yeah, 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 that's right. Or don't fine. sit in a seat that isn't your seat if you have one of those assigned ones. That's I, that's where you've really crossed the line. Considering like the Jason crazy. Bourne lengths I went to to try to sneak like my own candy into movie theaters when I was a kid when you, everybody knows full well you could just bring your McDonald's you could wheel in a buffet tray table do y'all table. know my favorite thing to take in my purse to a movie theater have we wow. talked about this no a burrito from Taco Bell <laughs> 
It's right across the street from the movie theater. You know, over here, Huckabee, the Hundred Oaks one. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. that. Yeah. So my roommate and I used to go and do a little swing through Taco Bell, stick a burrito in our purse. Hey, so, I, so. I have smuggled a tremendous amount of food yeah. into movie theaters. Like, and I don't How just do go candy. Purse? How do y'all do it? Or I guess in Dana's purse, huh? I mean, I've done it. I've done it with other, you know, guy friends. I just get creative, you know, yeah. like, you know, an interesting way I'm holding my jacket or something, you know, right. little do they know there's a whole Boston market meal under there. I go for the oh, challenge. Man. I don't even like Boston market. Like, yeah. I feel like you should only afford <laughs> the full ticket. If I'm yeah. going to the movies, I'm like, give me a challenge here. Don't give me something that I, that I can cram in a paper bag. You and smell throw it like shirt. Thanksgiving as you're walking yeah. in. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they just real, let it be. I, I need a challenge. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't do it because I like the food. I want to have, I want the lip. Like, basically, it's it's like a reverse bank heist. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to take sneak take something out. out. I'm trying to sneak something <laughs> in. And I want to see the level of my skill. And so I'll just pick the hardest places possible. You Cameron, know? you're not commenting at all. Do you not sneak things into movies or do you feel guilty? I don't think I've ever done it. I don't think I've <gasps> Hmm. What? The Strang boys are Playing so by the rules honest. Over there. Little rule followers. You feel, no, like, yeah. you feel better your than us? Your dad should write a book about your family. You had to pay $20 for popcorn. I just don't plan ahead like that. You guys are planners. I'm like walking in and then I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I'll get something. You know, like I don't, I don't like uh, think like, oh, tonight I need to swing by 7-Eleven on the way to the movie theater. You know, I have smuggled in and eaten an entire watermelon. During, <laughs> during inception <laughs> and it was opening night full of people perfect crime perfect crime perfect crime can you imagine if you looked over and the guy next to you was cutting open a watermelon i mean i cannot imagine jesse would you bring your own melon baller and just yeah, make little oh, balls melon the melon whole baller. movie i mean I mean, you know, my biggest feat was, again, I, you know, if I'm really going up to, uh, you know, if I really want to challenge myself, the time I brought a camping stove and, uh, <laughs> and, and, a, and a bunch of raw poultry um, and, and did a little roast chicken. Just back, back there grilling. Yeah, it was, it was quite the move. Quite the move. So. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Good job, Annie. Thanks, everybody. Great, yeah, All right. Cool. Very good. Stay tuned. Up next, Dr. Eric Mason joins us. You're listening to Bob Moses. The song is Back Down. Dr. Eric Mason is a church planner, pastor, popular speaker, and author of the new book, Woke Church, an urgent call for Christians in America to confront racism and injustice. Uh, Tyler recently spoke with Dr. Mason about how the Bible outlines ways that Christians should address important issues of the day and enact change in their communities. This was a, this conversation, I, it's one of those things where you start to think that you're like, I've got a pretty good handle on what it looks like for, for Christians to engage culture in meaningful and important ways, talk about sensitive issues. And then you talk to somebody as intelligent as Dr. Mason about these things. And I realized like how little I actually know. I was, I was so grateful. You always have to say this, but it's very, very true in this case. Uh, I was so grateful for this conversation. It changed my opinion on on things that I already thought I had a pretty well-formed opinion on. Did it really? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. He's a brilliant guy. Here we go. Well, here is part of our conversation with Dr. Eric Mason.
Can you give me sort of the uh, like the origin story of the book? Like, where did you first? When did you first start to get the idea that this was the book you wanted to write? Yeah, so um, ended up you know few you know few years back when I guess it was around 2012 mm-hmm. when everything started going down and the media was um, the killings of on all African Americans and and then seeing the divide over the issue in the body of Christ, particularly on social media and other outlets, it was really, really confusing to me um, because I was like, man, this seems like cut and dry. But, um, and then people would say, look for the facts. And then on one side, and then it'd be like, man, but you didn't ask for the facts on this other stuff. But it seems like when it comes to these things, you ask for facts and so forth and so on. And then uh, two years later, a string of, those issues started happening and then I ended up doing a series in 2016 on the topic woke church and I did like a four to six week series I can't remember how many weeks it was and once we did that people were like in my church and friends across the country like man you you should consider writing a book on this and we just kind of kept the idea of woke church just going just in the sense of activism we were doing in the community to serve people through the gospel it, it's, it's interesting I, I just you know and so once once you started interacting with people on the street asking questions cross ethnically on the college campus and uh, in our neighborhood and it, it was it was obvious that this issue was a huge issue even to the people we were ministering to yeah and then we ended up building a relationship with the police department in our community but then um, long story short we started doing a series and people are like, you really need to write on this. And so I ended up just sitting down, writing the book, <laughs> and um, the rest is sort of history. So, yeah. It might be helpful because I feel like the word woke has kind of come to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, uh, especially on social media. So maybe it might be helpful for the terms, just for this discussion, to know what do you mean when you use the word woke, especially in the context of a church? Yeah, I think there are so many words that we redeem. I mean, even when you look at um, you know, how Christians use business books yeah. for church organizational models. Yeah. So when you look at the book, the, the great people, hedgehog principle isn't in the Bible, but the hedgehog principle represents, you know, what, what, what is your central thing that's, that, that's your, that, that your one issue thing that, that you're about, that you're going to build everything around. And we can say, oh, we can, we can redeem the principle of the hedgehog yeah. principle. I don't know if I use hedgehog principle. So I think that, you, so when I look at the word woke, woke is a is really a, a really a young word that's morphed multiple times. So you had you know um, Pan Africanists who were actually white. I mean black. Uh, I mean black uh, Christians. One of them was Alexander Crummel, which is the uh, mentor of W. E. B. Du Bois, the modern day huh. father of sociology. And originally Pan Africanism. Was um, was was developed by African Christians of African descent to help spread the gospel among uh, and engage and help build the needs of the African diaspora globally who were living under oppression and dealing with a lot of different issues. So W. E. B. Du Bois, when he wrote his book Souls of Black Folk, did a section section on Alexander Crummel, and when he did the section on Alexander Crummel, um, he also did a section called the Double Consciousness Theory. Which is which he developed, talking about black awareness and white world of what how they're viewed and then how they're viewed, uh, uh, how they view themselves in light of how they're viewed by 
by white. And so that was called consciousness. And so what ended up happening, there's nothing mysterious about it. There's nothing. It's basically general revelation. I mean, general revelation in Romans 1 is looking at creation and based on everybody being born in the image of God is defaced but not erased. We have the ability to notice things, build different things, but we also should allow the invisible attributes of concrete and abstract ideas, concepts, and nature to point us to the Lord. And so the word woke for me is huge because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 14, it says, awake sleeper and rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And one of the things that that I see is Christians are supposed to be the wokest people in the world. And so we, because Christ awakens us to all of the realities, both in natural and special revelation. So when you look at the word woke, woke for me is, is, is a natural revelation form where you don't have to be a Christian to know justice needs to be done in the area. Somebody's murdered, you know a person needs to serve justice for that. If someone breaks the law, I mean, you don't have to be a Christian to, to understand justice, I think. However, what Christianity does is it gives and broadens the bandwidth of the rules of what is just based on the character of God and based on the word of God. And so we upgrade that to special revelation. And I believe wokeness it can point to the invisible attributes of God as one who is empowered through his omnipotence to awaken a sleeper and help us to rise from the dead so Christ can shine on us and we'll care about everything comprehensively from justice, everything from poverty, everything from economics, sociology, all of those things um, we, we're able to open up. In. And I think Christians, when they're aware from a contextual standpoint, when we do missions, we don't go over there and just start proclaiming the gospel. We understand, we get to contextually know a particular place. Even a translator doesn't just go and start translating. No, he has to learn learn the language. And if, it's, and if that country or, play, or, or a village doesn't have a, a, a phonetic system, they develop a phonetic system in order to teach them their own language in a written format in order that when he writes the Bible in their language, they're able to understand it by reading it, not just hearing it. When it comes to to Christians, we'll say in this country, what have you found to be sort of the? It, and this may be a, a, an impossible question. You tell me. Um, what have you found to be sort of the central thing that keeps us from the wokeness that you're talking about? We talk about being asleep. The Bible talks about being asleep. But when you start looking at that practically, tangibly, what is what is so, the holdup? What's the blockade? I think one of the things in America is we learn history from a white Western perspective and from a patriotic, triumphalistic perspective. So we don't get a holistic history. We get the history that people want us to have. A huge part of our history is slavery. If you have kids or anybody has kids, you can go into some of your kids' history books and civics books, and they talk very little about slavery and don't really talk clearly about the nature, the brutality, the kidnapping, it almost seems like we were willing in, in immigrants that became indentured service to help people in their homes. But we know from history that it was much more of an atrocity than that, particularly when you read memoirs like um, Frederick Douglass's be- memoir on his experience as a slave uh, in Maryland to the South and that type of thing. So I think the way we're educated does a disservice to our ability to be on one accord narrative-wise so that we can know where our problems come from as a as a, as a Christian and human family. 
Do you think that there, it, it seems to me like there are some, uh, we'll call them woke, woke white pastors, or, or there may be a kind of like trying to be woke white pastors. They, they care. They understand that racism is, a, is still a real thing in, in 2018, 2019 in America. And they want yeah. to do something, but they don't really know. They're, they're looking at their church and they see that it's all white people out there staring back at them. And they're kind of wondering, what can I do? Like, how can I be part of the solution instead of part of the problem? Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the one of the places to start. My, one of the things with my book, Woke Church, starts with is it talks with awareness. And so we talk about the idea of awareness. This is now getting on the page of saying, man, let, let me let me let me become aware of what's going on and find ways, whether it's through media, whether it's through friendships, whether it's through conferences, whether it's through relationships. I think relationships is the best way. If you know that possibility, now, if you're in North or South Dakota or some rural place in Nebraska or Montana, that's a little bit hard for you. But I think that uh, from a relational standpoint, but I think when you're talking about being aware and, and biblically aware and understanding what the Bible says about justice, what the Bible um, says about us being able to be a holy family, what the Bible says about being uh, comprehensively aware, and then going to from awareness to acknowledgement, um, I think there has to be an acknowledgement that something is wrong and that there is a massive risk that was initiated by white in this country that still has effects to this day. You know, when I do counseling, it's impossible for me to act like um, I, when I sit in front of a person and they bring in their problems to me, one of the things that, I, first thing is I ask them uh, is do they know Jesus as their Savior? Second question is walk me through your family history, your mom and dad, because usually their issues that they're dealing with in front of me comes from a legacy of how they were nurtured in the world through family, through the absence of father, connection of father, uh, absence of mother, connection of mother, good, bad, ugly, or whoever they were raised by guardian wise. And no counselor, no pastor cross ethnically wouldn't say that family history has no connection to the present problems that a person would have. So how can people try to erase race history in America and how blacks have been treated by whites in this country and acting like we can skip over all of our history and not go through the spiritual counseling session that God would have us go through in order for us to be on the same page to begin to dealing with issues. And I can't tell you, the more people are aware of their family history, the more they know what the gospel needs to be applied to. And, um, and so when you look at the reality of applying the gospel to different areas where you need to be awakened in different areas of your life, it's just very, very important. And so you go from acknowledgement now to accountability. It's not enough to just uh, say, okay, I'm aware that this is going on and I've acknowledged that it's wrong and I agree. Now it's time to be account held accountable to, to the church being a prophetic voice and then developing a vision for change in some particular area of where you can put your foot in as a as a believer into an area of systemic injustice in our country. And then from there, um, um, and that's why iron sharp is iron, uh, so one man sharp is the other. Then you go from there, you know, to be active. So being active, you know, I love Titus 314. It says, teach our people to learn to meet pressing needs in order that they may not be found unfruitful. And one of the things that you see in verse one or two, it talks about serving the city and the civic authorities would let you know that even in the Bible, even on the island of Crete where all the churches were, Paul was calling Titus to encourage the people of God in that city to serve their city and to serve lost people in their city in very practical ways that are connected to the system of their city. Then he goes down and calls God a philanthropist. He used the Greek word philanthropeo to talk about God. Well, we got our word philanthropist from. That means lover of men. And, um, and, and he talks about regeneration of the gospel is what God's philanthropy uh, for men motivated him to save us 
And then it says, out of that, as a reflection of what God did for us, let's uh, teach our people to meet pressing needs in order that they may not be found unfruitful. So the gospel, by application, should motivate us to, to, to serve for systemic change of both the soul and the city. And so I think that's very, very important theologically, biblically, sociologically, politically, and practically as the church begins to work through a full body plan to to bring the already uh, uh, the already present kingdom, but not yet fully revealed kingdom, that Jesus Christ will end up coming back and he will be the just ruler and he will demolish all systems that don't reflect them. He'll destroy all of those systems and rebuild the infrastructure of every system, uh, a system in the world and create and those through rewards will become his vice regents ruling the nations throughout the globe and so i think that we're supposed to be going towards that reality by not saying let me wait till jesus comes but let me live righteously godly in this present age as titus uh 211 says that was dr eric mason make sure to check out his new book woke church stay tuned up next it's our new issue preview. Listening to L. King. The song is Baby Outlaw. That's Jesse's nickname. Okay, well, as we do six times a year, we like to uh, bring you behind the scenes on the new issue of Relevant. Uh, the new issue is releasing this week, uh, the November December issue. It is our 96th issue. Our 100th issue, I think, is going to be in, uh, this coming summer. It's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, 96 issues. Lauren Daigle is the cover. We are very excited about that. Um, we we had some internal debates about who the cover would end up being because we also have an incredible piece with Mark Wahlberg talking about faith. And so uh, it came to blows and uh, Lauren Lauren ended up being... Uh, the cover choice. What can I say? Yeah, I lost. It was fair. I lost fair and square. Well, and I, I brought my I brought my A game. I fought hard. I'm I don't regret anything that I did in the match. Well, uh, <laughs> I, just so you know, uh, Annie stepped aside. She wasn't involved in the issue, so she stepped aside for this segment. She'll be back uh, for the next segment. Yeah. by the way. But the, the I mean, Lauren Daigle. I mean, she's not only like blowing up right now. She was on Ellen this past week. I don't know if you guys saw that, but incredible performance. You know, yeah. her her album debuted. I think number three in the in the uh, on the Billboard Top 100. It, it's I mean, she's a legit rising pop star right now, and. Her story is really great. I mean, a lot of people know her from her days as, you know, a worship leader. I mean, Cameron, you and I saw her live a couple of years ago opening for like Hillsong, you know, um, yep. and for her, you know, she kind of talks about I don't want to get too much of the story away. But, you know, she went through a time where she kind of walked away from it for a little while. Well, She got burned out. She got yeah. swept up her for her debut album. Yeah. The story gets into this uh, sold, you know, a million units and, and, and then all the tours and everything that happened and she just kind of burned out and walked away for a year um, and didn't know when she would come back or if she would come back. Yeah. And the story, she really opens up about that journey and kind of, you know, what the Lord did and then what led to this new album. It's it's fascinating. And, and honestly, that was why she ended up being the cover because it's such a unique story and such a unique, I don't know, it just felt very 
us, you yeah. know? And so uh, we, we made the call that she's going to be the cover. And it, beautiful imagery by uh, Jeremy Cowart. And uh, it's a fantastic piece. Don't want to miss that. Then Tyler, you got the chance to talk to Mark Wahlberg, um, yeah. uh, which I love the opening, the opening thing from y'all's interview. And I know we said it on the podcast where you guys talked in there very early afternoon. And he said that he was a little tired because he's been up since two 30 that morning. And it was, uh, it was, it was confirmation good. of, because we'd, we'd been talking about it on the podcast about yeah. the insane day to day schedule that Mark Wahlberg has, uh, which we now have confirmed from the man himself. Uh, he was so tired. He was so audibly tired that at first I was a little worried that he was going to fall asleep mid interview. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, uh, once we started talking about, uh, about his faith, uh, about the ways that he practices his faith, uh, he, he, he snapped wide awake. Uh, he really, it really interview really turned a, a corner once we got off some of the, the early banter and into the actual discussion of, of the way that he leads his Christian life. So I, I loved that interview and I'm excited for y'all to read it. Yeah, it's a great piece. How often do you get the chance to talk to a true Hollywood A-lister and they open up about faith and yeah. prayer and, and, you know, Oftentimes it kind of goes the opposite direction where they get a little more cautious when you get into the territory of faith because they want to be careful. But with, but with Wahlberg, it was definitely, uh, it was a very rewarding subject to talk about with him. That's incredible. Uh, we have, uh, uh, we, we won't get deep into a ton of the content. We want you to go experience it and read it yourself. But a few of the highlights that stand out on the culture side, lovely. The band was featured uh, breakout artists this year. Here's a clip of one of their singles. I like that Yeah, it was super fun to talk to them just because, you know, they are, you know, the um, their single, you know, is is like a top 40 hit. And, you know, but the thing with those guys is, you know, they're kind of a young band and young artists and they think all the success, you know, the commercial success they've had is cool, but they are just genuine and authentic guys and write about really personal stuff like dealing with anxiety and emotional health and, you know, talking to them. That's what they're really excited about. And so people can connect with kind of the deeper message of their music. Yeah. Uh, we also talked to St. Paul and the Broken Bones, one of our favorite kind of retro indie groups. They have a, a new album out as well. Uh, you know what? Let's pray for it. Hello, it's a, you know, it's like Southern soul, yeah. gospel, R&B influenced. Uh, it's a great, great album. We, you know, it's a time of year. People are talking about or thinking about, you know, the holidays and the deeper meaning of the holidays and how to do Christmas, especially differently. We have a feature about uh, Advent, how to, you know, the kind of the Advent uh, season that we're entering. And we also have a uh, Christmas gift guide. We, yeah. we, our team went through and found kind of thoughtful, cool gifts that have some sort of redemptive element to them. They give back or uh, just, you know, it's not just materialism, it's stewardship and, uh, but they're thoughtful and creative gifts. So if you're looking for any advice on what to get people in your life, we have a great guide for that. It's also Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving and, and the holidays and, and Christmas uh, is the time of year you, you got to fly home. 
and you gotta you gotta be at the dinner table with right. crazy uncle who's telling you that the conspiracy theories and the, the you know and uh, so we have a the six ways to have the most awkward family meal ever. That's yeah. right. I mean, you know, because the problem is a lot of people say these the holidays are unforgettable. Let's be honest; they all blur together. You know, it doesn't blur together that one time that you made everyone at the table feel incredibly uncomfortable for over an hour. That's what we're our gift to you this year is to create a truly unforgettable Thanksgiving meal this year. On the more substantive side of things, uh, we talk about kind of the the church's me too moment that's happening right now. We also look at the issue of domestic hunger. Um, you know, it's a time of year. There's, a, you know, a lot of people are given to food pantries and food banks. We look at the issue of why are there millions of people going hun- hungry? It's it's insane. And we look at we go inside the kind of the new charismatic movement. You know, we always like to cover what God's doing in this generation. And you know, with Bethel and um, you know Jesus Culture and Hillsong kind of leading the charge of what part of the move of God that's booming right now, or you know the church that's booming right now, it's more the charismatic side of things. Not even looking globally. If you're going globally, the the rise of the charismatic movement in Latin America and China is you know that's the part of the church that's growing. But here in the U.S. as well, the only denomination that's growing is um, in the last twenty years is the Assemblies of God. So it seems like there's this like resurgence of this charismatic movement, but it looks a little different than it did in the 80s and 90s. So we talked to a lot of the leaders in that movement, Jen Johnson and Banning Liebscher and a lot of others. Working on that piece was there's so many threads you can go down with that one. We've talked a lot on here and we had a lot of internal discussions, uh, the three of us, about uh, what a wide ranging movement that's been over the past uh, number of decades, uh, almost a full century, uh, but finding the thread read that really intrigued us, that was really exciting for me about the future of the new charismatic movement is how outward focused it's getting. Uh, I don't want to give away too much of it, but there's been so much uh, conversation around what happens in the service. Well, what we found is that a lot of these churches are way more interested about what's happening outside of the service with works they're doing in their communities. Uh, That is an interesting part of the story that you don't hear very much. And it was really fun to talk to people about it. Yeah, I, growing up in the charismatic church, you know, a lot of and, and and those of us, you know, in in that movement would say like a lot of the focus theologically or experientially was about kind of you encountering God or what you could get or you know, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that you experienced and all that. And it seems like this new shift is that it's more of a conduit, like the Holy Spirit fills in, you know, fills you up so you can pour out. And it, there's a lot more emphasis on justice and doing and 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 that frankly wasn't the case back in the you know, in previous yeah. areas, eras of that movement. It's interesting seeing the shift. Uh, there's a lot more in the issue. Uh, we talk about, you know, we talk to Insecure's Yvonne Orgy. We talk about, uh, you know, all the stuff that's happening uh, now and culture, the, 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 our generation, the declining divorce rate. There's a lot of stuff. It's a packed issue. Yeah. Uh, don't miss it. Uh, the November, December issue of Relevant is out now. It's on newsstands nationwide. Uh, most Barnes and Nobles are carrying it as well as other independent bookstores. If you, if your favorite bookstore doesn't have it, ask for it. They, uh, it helps it get out there. Also, if you want to view it online, you can see a digital replica of the print edition on our website, relevantmagazine.com. And if you want to support us, subscribe. You can uh, subscribe now. There's a great deal going on at the website. Also, Christmas uh, gift idea. Uh, give yeah. the gift that keeps on giving. We're doing a special gift subscription price right now. I think you can give a year of relevant for only fourteen ninety nine at com slash give. It's a deal. Uh, little holiday thing. There you go. 
All right. Great job, guys. Seriously, tell the whole team is incredible. Uh, everybody put together an amazing issue. One of our one of our favorites yet. Love it. Love the pieces. Good job. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Go check it out, everyone. Stay tuned. Up next, it's time for Ask Jesse. And Annie comes back. You're listening to Karma Rhythm. The song is 19. Okay, it is time for... Ask Jesse. It's time for Ask Jesse. Uh, our segment where you guys send us your life conundrums and our very own Jesse Carey helps <laughs> you solve them. Mm-hmm. Our flight commander, if you will. That's right. I will be the flight commander of your life. And if your payload doors get open, don't worry. At the end of the day, we sit right in the middle of that runway. <laughs> Man, don't, that's such don't, a deep analogy. Don't, don't, don't worry about what it, the haters, your own crew, your own family, your own friends say. You got this under control. Jesse, oh uh, Destiny Sue tweeted us at Relevant Podcast, and she asked, she says, my sister, brothers, and parents' homes are in an area off a state road located between two towns. Mm. Neither town has chosen to take ownership of the area how would my family go about claiming that area as their own sovereign land? Oh, what a, oh, what a fantastic question. Um, I mean, <laughs> that if, is not appropriate for Jesse to answer. <laughs> I mean, from my understanding, all you really need is to plant a flag. And so all you need is flag. So here's my thing to you. Space it needs to be camp. fierce. It needs to be a fierce looking flag. Like one of the, one of the cool flags that's like not even a rectangle that like has two triangles cut out. You ever see a, a map of flags in some countries are like, our flag isn't even going to be a flag. It's just going to be right. like some, some cool banner. You yeah. need to go and it needs to be so, it's got to have like, you know what would be great? A bear. Put the world's fattest bear on there. Something ferocious. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find a spot for that California guy. California flag we'll, already. We'll, we'll, we'll find a spot for that guy. But something that like, you know, that's a big bear on that flag. I don't want to mess with that family. It sounds too like no one really cares about this land. Like in my mind, if nothing's there and no one claims it, it's probably because no one wants it. It's probably yeah. like a fly ash depository or something. So I'd be pretty cautious moving in there. But again, I don't really care. I don't really uh, pay too much mind to the health department. So right. I think you're good. Just plant the flag and uh, look out to see if it's like a waste zone or something. Well, Claire, Claire tweeted us. Uh, she says, I'm a pilot. Uh, this is good for your space camp yeah. experience. She says, I'm a pilot yeah. working on becoming a flight instructor. Okay. What are the most important things I need to teach the future pilots of America? Wow. This that is seems easy. really this is on, easy. Actually. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Pull out uh, a necktie, wrap it oh, around gosh. their eyes and say, you can land it now land it and I will be your eyes. So, and then you just walk away and you see if they can actually land a plane blindfolded. Uh, you know, because here's the thing, like, you know, who I, you know, what kind of student it does well that I would fly with probably a student that got the proper training can land a plane. You know what a student I would rather fly with one that landed blindfolded. Uh, uh-huh. And so, you know, I, I think, I think the answer is key. I think you want to <laughs> endanger the lives of the students for the betterment of the career by blindfolding them while landing. And then, like you said, you say, don't worry, I will be your eyes here. And then you get off the plane as fast as you can. <laughs> you need a parachute out because it's likely they're not going to make it. But. Oh, I like your brain so much. Well, Jesse, uh, Taylor Fadina wrote in, you are from, you are from, uh, Virginia, the land of lovers. You clearly, right. by being a long-term resident, know your way around the romantic th- field. Very well. Yeah. All right. 
Well, Taylor says, looking for some dating advice. Obviously, yes. Is am, Taylor a male or a female? Sorry, Cameron. Uh, there, it's a it's a gray circle. Like they haven't put a they haven't put a, a avatar in yet. So okay. this oh, needs to wow, be. Wow, 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 Jesse. Be like, this like, is interesting. Yeah, pl- okay. gen- any gender okay. needs to be able this to This is gonna be a good advice. one. I can tell. Looking exactly. for some dating advice. I am mid twenties and have never been on a date. How do I? Okay. How do I go about finding my lover? Well, so glad oh, you wow. asked. Laura, <laughs> Taylor. Oh boy. Can we all get to answer this? <laughs> yeah. Please? Go for it. No. This is no, Taylor. No. There's, Jesse. A, uh, there's a great book. It's by Joshua Harris. <laughs> <laughs> it's called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And it's written for people just oh, like you. Oh, you guys. In your, in your we scenario. need to talk about that. How is that not oh, in? Man. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, wow. I think we mentioned it. I think we mentioned it last week. It was in uh, case yeah. you missed it last yeah. week. That Joshua yeah. Harris, the author, has now apologized. Um, yeah, so you, you're mid twenties, never been on a date, and need a lover. Um, I I think you know you know what you know what would attract you know I, again someone of the opposite sex. I don't know. Um, you know, I think here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people having just been to space camp. You can literally people, see his, 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 his mind just like the wheels are turning. Having like, been to space camp, I can his guarantee wheels you, turn until his eyes glisten. And then yeah. he has the worst advice. L- listen, <laughs> having just been to space camp, I can guarantee you there are a lot of people in your exact scenario. There are adults that have never been on a date and they need lovers. So <laughs> you go there and be the bad boy like I did. I've, I've already outlined it earlier in this podcast because they're going to see someone, like I said, cutting corners, not playing, playing by their own rules. And they're going to know that's a person that I will, I will hopefully ask out on a date and you will solve two problems, yours and the other person. So you're welcome. I mean, should we give that person real advice? Yeah, go for it, Annie. Yeah, go for it. No, not me. No, no, I want to hear. I want to hear, Annie. I want to hear. Yeah, Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. No, I would just say then ask somebody out. If you want to go on a date, ask somebody out. Go to coffee. If you're a female and you feel weird about that, ask him to coffee. If you're a dude, ask a girl to lunch or dinner or coffee. Ask someone out. You can go on a date anytime you want to. Would you recommend uh, the dating apps? Yeah, I would. I think I think they're good. Which one? Which help, one? Which one would you get, recommend? Because there's like a bunch of them yeah. now, right? I'm yeah, I'm not on any, any of Farmers them. Farmers right only. I just think if there are yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Depends on where Taylor, Mr. Taylor farmers or Miss Taylor com. live. If you're in if you're in candy corn country, I would say farmersonly.com can help yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say if that's something you want, you should take a step toward it. I I cheer for you about that. That's all. That's a stupid answer compared to Jesse's really informed answer. I'm but. telling you, you're gonna be you're gonna be in an intimate, intense situation with these people. A bond will form with these space campers, uh, especially when you, uh, you know, attempt that barrel roll with the shuttle, you know? So <laughs> if you don't if end you up don't with a lover, a, I don't know what to tell you. If you don't get a lover out of a barrel roll, you... Uh, I, I literally don't know what to tell you. That yeah, point. that's right. Try FarmersOnly.com, I guess. Because <laughs> you're beyond <laughs> my help. You're beyond my help at that point. Uh, Caroline's asking you, Jesse, uh, what's your number one teaching advice for a high school teacher? For her, she's a high school teacher. She wants your number one teaching advice. Oh well, obviously, send a message day one. Like, don't let the you know because when I was a kid and I had teachers, my strategy was simple. I let them know instantly they're not in control here. 
I am. And, you know, I would do whatever it takes to, to, to make sure that the students held the power over the teacher. So what you're going to need to do is you're going to come in into class, leather jacket sleeves rolled up, you know, and you're going to, you're going to start writing and, and, and without any student having done anything, you're going to turn around and point your finger just wildly and accusing them of things. Grab one, <laughs> grab three of them and send them off to the principal and now say, who's ready to learn? Who's ready to learn? And then, you know, it's fear. Lead by fear. That's always the answer is to lead by fear. Now, the Annie, students- years ago, years ago, you taught third, fourth grade. Is that what you did? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Leather jacket. That's always how you kick it off. That'll really show them. Yeah. I'm with Day you, Jesse. You, pick, you find the biggest student in the entire school. You throw him in detention. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, exactly. You bully no the bully and then everybody knows yeah. who the boss exactly. is. Just like Thank Jesse you. did at Space it's Camp. easy. Lead by fear. The yeah. answer is key. Answer <laughs> is right. easy. All right. Last question. Uh, There's a lot, but this is the last one we have time for. Uh, Josh Williams tweeted, said, I just started a mobile coffee business. Any advice on getting clients and attention? Yes. And this is thanks to a a listener who wrote in (laughs) the other week. This is perfect. This is perfect. A mobile coffee shop business. So you need to emphasize the the quick aspect of this and also yeah. you know you're listening to this I'm you know I I'm I can venture a guess that you're a person of faith and uh, that you're clever and so here's what here, rename wow. your business what made you venture both of those things that well if you like this show you got to be yeah, clever yeah, exactly <laughs> if you're if you're <laughs> a men- so if you're a mental you, you asked me you're for advice gonna, you're, you're obviously a pretty wise person yeah sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. You, you have very good judgment i'll at least yeah, say that that's right. so it's a mold. and then we have a whole lot of jesus stuff if you don't if you're not a person of faith you probably would be like after a couple yeah. so you know so, so, so oh, i'd like to hear from the from the non-religious relevant podcast fans who's just here who's just here to like listen and, and hear from oh from we, I, I know i hear i know they come in i know chime in yeah, I hear from people on Twitter who listen for years and years and years. And they're atheists, but they they like you know enjoy hearing our worldview and perspective and stuff. And it makes you know humanizes you know Christian worldview for them. And so they listen and they think it's funny and stuff. You know, yeah. So Great. yeah, we have non-religious people who listen yeah. for sure, but the vast it's majority. A, it's a fair. It's listeners. it's not an unsafe assumption to make to venture that in the case of this mobile coffee. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sorry, Jesse. I barrel rolled that one. No, no. Easy. easy and it was uh, awesome. No, no problem. This one, um, <laughs> you know, this actually comes from us from a, from a listener who wrote in a uh, question of the week, and it just comes to mind. Step one: rename your mobile coffee business Shadrach, Meshach, and a Bean to Go. Step two. <laughs> step two. Start counting that money. Start counting that cash because we roll in it. It's a perfect name for that business. The perfect business. Shadrach, Meshach, and a bean to go. Mobile coffee. Mobile coffee. Yeah. I like it. Well, if you uh, if you have life conundrums that you need Jesse's help with, you can hit us up on Twitter at Rolling Podcast and use hashtag Ask Jesse, and uh, we will try to solve your conundrums for you on next Tuesday's episode. Yeah. And if you question if that strategy work, call old John Testament. He's out there on, you know, his own private island right now, sitting on a, a pile of mint money. So it's it's a flawless strategy here. The guy was John, in every life okay, way in the so country. You're, you're saying like Chili's, Chili's was founded by Roger Chili. Mm-hmm. By the way, we hear from people continually. Every like, day. wait, there's today, not like a Chandler and I both got tagged today day. in a Chili's tweet. Yeah. I know, but, but hey, like, I love it. But but it. like people think that there's actually a Roger Chili. That's what I think is the funniest part of it. But, but we don't but know you're that. I didn't know we that. We don't know there's not. Let me say yeah. that. It hasn't been confirmed. 
can't. No, there's so, not a Roger Tilly. So, but Desi, what you're saying is the the famous Christian He's, candy Testaments is was founded by John Testament, and his name was his destiny. Cameron is what I'm saying. But also, the famous he'd Christian candy that feels like a strong. He, adjective. He'd be a fool not to. You know, it's it's funny. You know the, that map. You know, two, a couple years ago, back when Christian bookstores were a thing. You know, below the Bible Belt, the you know Testaments were ranking pretty high in the Halloween candy. So, but, <laughs> but John Testament, I mean, like I said, he, he'd be a fool not to because no one can. He didn't, he didn't even need to patent the name because his last name. You know, it's just uh, yeah. you know you can't own the copyright on that. It's you know he it was foretold that he would run that business, and now he's in his mansion right now, just laughing it all up. You know, so. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Abednego. I don't know how I didn't hear that one when we talked about it a few weeks ago, but that's actually brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty good. I didn't come up with it, but you know, it's but it was we'll a take great opportunity it. to use the joke. And because it's a mobile one, he's coming to you. He's coming. He's going. Yeah. You, you don't have to have a punchy little name where you're like, hey, meet me at the no. blah, blah, blah. You know, like, you, know you can have that long, cumbersome name because you're not, you don't have to ever say it. Yeah, you right. Know? I like right. it. I like it. All right. Well, many thanks to uh, Dr. Eric Mason for joining us this week. You can follow him on Twitter at Pastor E. Mace, M-A-S-E. His book, Woke Church, is out now. Go get it. Uh, Hey, by the way, while you're online, the new Relevant Store is up. There's podcast merch. There's other stuff. Uh, You should go check it out. A lot of you, we've been talking about it for months, and a lot of you are like, when's it finally launching? It went up. Yeah. So uh, go over there, store.relevantmagazine.com. You can find it at our site uh, right there in the nav. Um, there is a podcast fan section. We will be continually adding stuff to that section. In fact, I just saw more designs today. So uh, go check it out. Um, I think there's a hello, hello shirt. There's a couple yes, logos. Yes, there is a hello, hello shirt. Yeah. I like it. We got it. some other stuff We're happening. We're trying to get the Testament logo, but John, it, he, <laughs> he's stingy. He does. Yeah. He, he really he used to vet the brands. He has a copyright that last estimated it's worth $3 billion. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> And that phone case looks cool. I want one of those. There you go. We oh, can some cute stuff. Uh, go check it out. The new store is up now. Uh, and uh, Jesse read it at the beginning of the show. But like, if you like the show, head over to iTunes and leave a uh, you know rate it and leave a review. It helps other people find it. And we always appreciate the the positive feedback. If you don't How like the show, how much did you love when you found that, Jesse? Oh, I mean, it was just confirmation. It know, just uh, that had to bring such joy to your bitter little heart. <laughs> I can't imagine. Hey, cold, I'll tell that you, cold black heart of mine. You I'll know, take five stars for it. our feud. I was with him last week at Space Camp as the Twitter response to y'all's little slice feud yeah. was rolling in. It was it was very very one sided that that you got to yeah. let yeah. Annie free go free and like you know uh, the uh, down with the slices czar. I saw yeah. a lot. Yeah, there of was that. a lot of calling you a slice czar. There was. There's a lot of very hurtful <laughs> Did I things. Lead that? <laughs> a lot of very hurtful things said about me, and I just want to say, as as the kind of person I am, I will never forgive you. I'll say this, Annie: the last person who called me a slice czar to my face was named Sherman, and I still wake up screaming every night thinking about what I did to Sherman. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jesse! I like having me. your help on slices. I just needed. T- I was playing a game that no one had taught me the rules. That was the situation. It was not that I mind playing the game. I just needed the rules. Now that I have them, I like to play. I'm trying to play well. All right. Well, thanks for the reviews, the positive ones. If you don't like the show, don't go to iTunes or leave a review. Just keep it to yourself. 
Uh, the new issue of Relevant that you heard about on the show is out now. Go check it out. Lauren Daigle is the cover. There's some incredible content. Mark Wahlberg's in the in the uh, in the issue. A lot of other stuff. Um, don't miss it. You can view the issue at relevantmagazine.com. But uh, the best experience is subscribing. You get a great deal, and it comes to you six times a year. Uh, go Tyler check- Huckabee. That um, article on Mark Wahlberg was really good. I already got to read oh, it. Oh my I got, goodness! Thank I got you. A, an issue when I was in Orlando. I stole it from the office and it is, that is a really good piece. So I'm glad people get to and read I that. I will say this. There's a warrant out for Annie for petty theft. <laughs> she's a, she's a persona non grata in Florida now. She's not allowed to. Mark Wahlberg turned his back one time is on and I filled a suitcase full of magazines. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So go check it out. If you want to subscribe, you can go to relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. And if you want to view the new issue and, and uh, check it out, it's right there at the website as well. We love the sport. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. Happy Halloween, everybody. We will see you on Friday. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. So you can find the things to do Little do they know, there's a whole Boston Market meal under there. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.